0: Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at FUMC Opelika. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, friends. We are in uh, week three of our sermon series, Tempted. And so, for the third week in a row, uh, we will be in the same gospel story that we've seen the last two weeks uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And now, as you are able, I will invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. And was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Living God, speak to me. Speak through me. If necessary, speak in spite of me, but always beyond me. God, as you speak, give to us open ears, soft hearts, and courageous minds, that we might be shaped by your word, and our lives might be ordered according to your wisdom, which orders all things for good. Hear this, our prayer, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. A man named Lord Acton once famously said, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. In at least one case, he was wrong. In our story from Luke 4, uh, Jesus is still dripping wet from his baptism in the Jordan River. He still has his father's voice echoing in his ears, saying, This is my beloved son. He is still bursting at the seams with the Holy Spirit when he makes a journey into the howling desert. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yet in our story, Jesus is led directly into temptation. He is delivered to the doorstep of evil. In our story, the barren badlands of the wilderness will be his testing ground, just as it was for his people Israel after Moses led them out of Egypt. And in this place of emptiness, Jesus empties himself. He fasts, he prays, he meditates on the scriptures. But Jesus is not alone in the wilderness. You see, before he went down to Georgia, the devil went down to Judea looking for a soul to steal. (laughs) Luke here refers to the devil as the diabolos, a Greek word that gives us our English word diabolical. The diabolos is the personification, the embodiment of all that is contrary to the kingdom of God. And even though I believe the tempter more often takes the form of a whisper within than a demon without, uh, you need to understand that as a Duke grad, uh, I still imagine the devil as having dark blue horns, a dark blue cape, a diabolical three-point shot, smack the floor defense, and a chant about how the North Carolina Tar Heels can visit his place. Just me? All kidding aside, Luke does not go into any details describing the devil. So we don't actually know what Jesus sees or doesn't see when the devil wanders through. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe the diabolical one prefers to remain camouflaged, hidden, or perhaps even dismissed as a myth in order to pursue his ends. I mean, after all, it's the snake in the grass that you have to worry about. It's the black ice that you can't see. That's the most dangerous. Perhaps the same is true of the tempter. So whatever Jesus sees or doesn't see, Luke doesn't tell us. uh, But the contest that follows really is the biggest rivalry in all of history, played out on a neutral court. It's an epic duel that eclipses anything Hollywood could come up with about Potter and Voldemort, Thor and Loki, Batman and the Joker. In his book, Mana and Mercy, Daniel Erlander depicts the scene this way. He imagines the devil as a leadership guru, dressed in an Italian suit, leading a messiah success seminar. The tempter uses a snappy PowerPoint presentation to commend to Jesus the virtues of plan A over plan B. And plan A is reasonable. Most of our temptations are. Uh, plan A is an evidence based approach to use force, offer impressive displays, promise rewards, engage in political maneuvering, and pull all the levers of power in order to accomplish God's agenda. Plan B, on the other hand, basically boils down to living faithfully, loving vulnerably, suffering hopefully, and then getting killed, trusting only in God to make it right. If you want to succeed as a Messiah, the tempter says, follow plan A. But each time, Jesus will choose Plan B. Round one begins. Jesus is weak and trembling from his fast. In the recovery community, they often use the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T, to remind themselves that the times when they are most vulnerable to temptation is when they are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Jesus is at least three of the four. So Mr. Diabolical helpfully suggests that Jesus engage in a little self-care. The Son of God shouldn't have to suffer like that. You need to eat something. If you are the Son of God, after all, why don't you bake some boulders into bread? Change some gravel into gluten. After all, God once whipped up some wonder bread in the wilderness for your people Israel. If you are the son of God, why don't you just make some magic manna for yourself? Friends, don't miss this. This is more than just a behavioral experiment. What is at stake here is more than a snack. It is a question of how Jesus will use the unique power given to him as the son of God. Will he use the power for himself? Does being the Prince of Peace have its perks? The question is will Jesus use his power to keep himself from having to suffer as so many other humans do? The tempter's words, if you are the Son of God, invite Jesus to believe that his power and position make him special, above the rules. The temptation here is for Jesus to kind of roll back the incarnation so that he does not have to accept the limits of being fully human. If you are the Son of God, if you are. Friends, these words tempt us in the same way. They invite us to believe that we are somehow above the limits laid out for others. They invite us to believe that we are above the rules or that we can change the rules to suit our own agenda. If you are the boss, since you're the head of the department, just... If you are unhappily married, go ahead. Since you've been working so hard. If you are the chair of the board, then... Since you are... Fill in the blank. But there's another way to look at this. Uh, The devil's invitation may also be the temptation to believe that ministry is just about meeting material needs. Uh, Listen, Jesus, uh, just change enough stones to bread and you can put food on every plate and a turkey in every pot. If you are the Son of God, if you are the long-awaited Messiah, what could be more compassionate, more godly than feeding hungry people? you got to admit the devil's got a point. It's a beautiful goal. It's certainly part of what it means to seek the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. But the human heart has hungers as well as the stomach. The soul needs more than sourdough. Humanity needs more than manna. We need God. We need God. In the biblical story, everything begins to go wrong when Adam and Eve listen to the tempter and eat. But things begin to go right when Jesus hears the tempter and doesn't. Jesus will not use his power for himself, nor will he limit that power to the merely material. If you are the Son of God, choose plan A, Commend these stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, One does not live by bread alone. Jesus chooses plan B. Round two. The devil takes Jesus up to a high mountain where the kingdoms and capitals of this world are displayed with all their glittering glory. With a sweep of the hand, the tempter says, authority over all these I shall give you if you only will bow down and worship me. Just kiss the ring, Jesus, and all this can be yours. It's as if the tempter is saying, Luke, if only you knew the power of the dark side. Together we can rule the galaxy. Sorry, that was terrible. (laughs) Clearly, I'm more of a Star Trek guy. But the point still stands. The tempter offers Jesus the power of glory and authority. And all it would take for Jesus to have this power is to take the performance-enhancing drug of bowing down to the devil, following his methods, choosing plan A. Perhaps the tempter even whispers to Jesus that if he had such power over the kingdoms of this world, He'd be able to feed the hungry forever using the only long-term means of good we know, politics. Come on, Jesus. Just think about it. With my help, you really could help the hurting and spread the message of the gospel. Surely these good gospel ends will justify the diabolical means. Just think about it. The diabolical logic of the ends justifying the means is a temptation that followers of Jesus have often succumbed to. In his book, In the Name of Jesus, Henry Nouwen writes, The temptation to consider power, an apt instrument for the proclamation of the gospel, is the greatest temptation of all. With this rationalization, crusades took place. Inquisitions were organized, Native Americans were enslaved, positions of great influence were desired, and much moral manipulation of conscience was engaged in. He goes on to say, quote, every time we see a major crisis in the church, we always see that a major cause of the rupture is the power exercised by those who claim to be followers of Jesus. Friends, this sanctuary may not resemble the wilderness, but it's every bit the testing ground. Why? Because we all face the constant temptation to replace love with power. Because power offers an easy substitute for the hard task of love. It is easier to play God than to love God It is easier to control people than to love people. It is easier to own life than to lay down your life. We'll tell ourselves our intentions are good. We'll tell ourselves that the ends justify the means. But that's just devil talk. Jesus does not take the bait. Instead, Jesus chooses the power of love over the love of power. Jesus refuses to build the kingdom of God with the devil's tools. Just bow down and worship me, and all the kingdoms of this world will be yours. If you really are the Messiah, choose plan A. Jesus responds, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Plan B. Friends, the primary question that animates all of Scripture is not, is there a God? The much more pertinent question is, what kind of God have we got? Later in the Gospels, Jesus puts the question this way, Who do you say that I am? You know the story. Uh, Peter's hand is the first to go up. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus responds by telling him that the Son of God must suffer many things and be killed. No, 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 that can't be right. If you are the Son of God, you got to choose plan A. So let's get this movement organized, Jesus. Unfurl the banners, beat the drums, give us our marching orders. If you are the Messiah, let's get this Messiah thing going. And Jesus replies to the tempter who is his own disciple, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Once again, Jesus chooses plan B. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. This story from Luke, I do not believe that it is a moral fable about how you can overcome temptation, because that would make Jesus a wise sage and a moral teacher, but not a savior, and a savior is the kind of God we've got. In this story, we find the good news of the gospel that Jesus Christ is able to resist all of the temptations that we would not, could not, and frankly, do not power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. But thanks be to God that there was one who, though tempted in every way, was without sin. Thanks be to the God that there was one who was trustworthy enough to be entrusted with power, Thanks be to God that there was one who had the power to faithfully use power. Thanks be to God that there was one who, though being in the very form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be exploited, but emptied himself, who lived on more than bread alone, who worshipped God and served him only. Thanks be to God that there was one who was entitled to a crown of gold, But instead chose a crown of thorns. And even at the very end, when Jesus's hands are nailed to the cross, he is still tempted by the devil, the voices in the crowd. If you are who you say you are, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Messiah, choose plan A. Leap down from that cross. Go ahead jump true to form jesus chooses plan b instead of saving himself he saves us that's real power in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen